0: for the late start and a lot of technical difficulties uh, today but uh, that I, we I managed to troubleshoot it with our, our brother Jeff and find out that uh, it had to do with um, a software upgrade with the operating system and incompatibility but I think we're live now we're up to Isaiah chapter 43 uh, we're running a little bit late uh, what I wanted to do tonight and I'm still hoping to do is uh, get through Isaiah 43, it's not a terribly long chapter, and then invite Pastor Murray uh, to join me at the end of the presentation. And let's just talk about what we've learned so far from Isaiah 40 to 43. So if you have questions, maybe there's some things that are you're just trying to reconcile with things that you thought you knew before with uh, what we're learning now in Isaiah, we'd be happy to uh, take some of those questions at the end. So we'll play that by ear. Hopefully the technology cooperates. I'll open with a word of prayer. And then let's get into Isaiah chapter 43. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and just again, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to study your word and to learn from this ancient prophet Isaiah. We ask, Father, that you'll bless our study tonight, and we thank you for the technology that enables us to come together in the middle of the week. Uh, We pray, God, that you'll continue to bless our efforts. We thank you. We ask for your blessing on our study now. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me just uh, confirm that everything is good here, good. And okay, got to uh, get into the mode now, a little bit uh, hair-raising when everything is uh, acting up. Let's get into uh, Isaiah chapter 43, and um, we'll just set this up here. So the chapter begins, uh, Isaiah 43, verse one. Now. We have come through from chapter 40 where there's this change of tone where suddenly it's from judgment to comfort and and specifically to comfort God's people and specifically Jerusalem and we've come through that and God challenging the nations to say prove that you your your gods are true because this is what this is what's going to happen with respect to Jerusalem they're going to be severely punished but not wiped out and then I personally am going to restore them and so we continue the story now In uh, here, chapter 43, and just let me uh, make a modification here. Yes, I think that's going to work just fine. Appreciate your patience, brethren. Okay, so he says, um, but now thus says the Lord that created you. This is what God says, that created you. Now thus says the Lord that created you. Sorry, brethren just technology there we go he that formed you oh so no sorry let me start again but now thus says the Lord that created you O oh, Jacob he that formed you He says O oh, Israel so first it's Jacob then it's Israel and it seems to indicate the the conversion process that Jacob once was this deceiver a very carnal man And then receiving god's spirit now becomes israel Uh, so he's talking to both sides now thus says the lord that created you o jacob and he that formed you o israel fear not don't be afraid so there's obviously reason to be very afraid here and he's saying fear not for i have redeemed you so this is all about the redemption of these people israel And God is telling them, despite there being many, many reasons to be afraid, God is telling them to fear not. Fear not, because God is God is with them. Fear not. And just fix this up. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. So this is God personally taking interest in this nation. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And so we're seeing there's a relationship here. And this also speaks to the, the notion of a kinsman redeemer. So, so the redeemer comes, uh, someone in the family. And God's saying, we're family. You're mine. Uh, this, this, this is a, a part of the family. I'm redeeming you. So this is the kinsman redeemer speaking. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. So this is sort of an allusion to the Exodus, that when, when they were uh, oppressed by Egypt and they walked out of Egypt and and the wa- they walked through the waters, they walked through the Red Sea. And so there's some um, allusion here to an Exodus. The same way he helped them in the past, he's going to help them again in the future. So when you pass through the waters, I personally, God, the the creator of the universe, will be with this this people. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. So you think of the the Pharaoh and his armies and the water just overflowing and drowning them all. This will not happen to Israel. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. So there's going to be some supernatural help. Although there's going to be uh, chaos and confusion and warfare and fire everywhere, these people are going to be protected. They're going to be supernaturally protected. That the desire is to completely wipe them out. And God is saying they will not be wiped out you shall not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon you why for I am the Lord your God this is the God of the universe is saying to this people you're mine and I'm your God and I'm gonna look after you notice he calls himself the Holy One of Israel this is very important to God he is associating himself with this people the Creator of, just think of how massive the universe is the Creator of the universe is is married to this people and he wants to associate himself to this people and he wants all the people of the whole earth to know that he is in a an exclusive covenant relationship with this people so do not fear this is why I saying comfort so somebody has to comfort his people somebody has to declare this good news that you're fine everything's gonna be okay the Holy One of Israel and and, and he's making a distinction that there's are gonna be gods of other nations and 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 they're going to be promoted very strongly and very energetically and God is saying they're false I am the only God and I am associated with Israel your Savior I'm your savior so notice that he's the holy one of Israel he belongs to Israel he's the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah he's the kinsman and so he's the kinsman redeemer the family a member of the family is going to save this people he says this I gave Egypt for your ransom Ethiopia and Seba for you so Siba is in Northern Ethiopia, Ethiopia is Ethiopia, and Sudan, and Egypt. So this is all the Northern Africa. We have a saying here, when we, you know, regionally we talk about Mina, the Middle East and North Africa. Well, the Middle East and North Africa surround Jerusalem. And it is these nations, these Mina nations, that God is calling out. And he's saying the destruction that is going to be leveled upon Judah, that destruction is gonna turn and instead of finishing off Judah, it's going, to, it's going to turn on Egypt. It's going to turn on Ethiopia and Sheba. So there's going to be a replacement. And the punishment is going to come down on these nations. And may I say these Muslim nations that have another God, Allahu Akbar, that their God is greater, Allahu Akbar. Well, Isaiah contradicts Allahu Akbar. Allah is not greater. The Holy One of Israel is the greatest. And this is the resolution of all of this. Now, this is uh, calling back to, he says, I'm the Holy One of Israel, your savior. And I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for you. Well, this is what Moses said. And the Lord your God will put all these curses upon your enemies. So these curses that are meant for you and, and they're gonna touch you, but they're not gonna finish you off. Instead, there's gonna come a point where God is gonna stop and take these curses and put them on your enemies and on them that hate you which persecuted you so we, we we cannot be naive that these people of god these covenant people have haters they have haters listen to this So this is their prophecy, this is what they're looking for in the end times, but the end will not come until they destroy the Jews, and according to them, according to the Quran, the curse on them is God has turned them into apes and pigs. and so you know is this true is this the case and we need to understand this doctrine this fundamental doctrine in Islam called al-wala wal which has to do with the love and hate for the sake of Allah that they are commanded to hate and destroy for the sake of Allah to destroy all infidels but specifically the people of Judah and so this is what's happening in the end time this as, as this ideology takes hold of the earth uh, the Jews are in for a, a lot of trouble because every loyal Muslim must carry out al-walla wal and that is the hatred and destruction of the Jews. So we continue then. <clears throat> and he says here, sorry, let me just reverse this. So these curses that are to come down on Judah are then going to go upon those that hate them and persecute them. And again, we see here from Revelation, when we were studying Revelation, that when God comes, every eye is going to see him and the Jews are going to be repentant. That's why when he left, he said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we see what that looks like in Zechariah 12. But here it says that they which pierced him will see him and they're going to acknowledge Him. They're going to finally repent. But it's good news for them because He's coming to save them, but notice it's bad news for the rest of the world. All kindreds of the earth are going to wail because of Him. There's a big mistake that all the tribes of the earth are going to be making in hating Judah, in hating the covenant people and turning against them. This this ideology is going to have the whole world just set on their destruction. And when God comes to save them, all these tribes of the earth are going to wail it's bad news the return of jesus christ is bad news for the world but it's good news for his people even so amen back to isaiah 43 verse 4 since you were precious in my sight again god is saying how precious these people are to him since you are precious in my sight and you have been honorable or you've been honored because because you're precious because of this covenant God has honored this people and I have loved you therefore will I give men for you and people for your life so God is going to ransom his people He's going to exchange all of this destruction is going to be on the enemies of Judah and God is going to save Judah and honor Judah and exalt Judah and Israel as well fear not so it's a time to be terribly afraid and we've just had horrible news in the United States of a synagogue that's been shot up because of this hatred of Judah And unfortunately as tragic as this is the scripture says all these are the beginning of sorrows these are the beginning and and with birth pangs it begins to accelerate you see more and more of this it's a crazy world and and this sort of hatred and irrationality and uh, and and just um, violence everywhere this is our world now and it's just gonna heat up and that's why I pray that we in Christ don't add fuel to the fire Let's not be talking about racism and crying out injustice and and falling victim to these cultural Marxists. Let's stay away from all of that. Let's build strong Christian families. Let's build strong Christian communities, strong Christian congregations. Let's let's focus on loving one another and not getting into this whole social justice warrior nonsense. They're just trying to destroy our society and uh, they're heating up. Satan is uh, getting into everybody's mind. And, and, and vi- everybody's on the cusp now of being irrational and very violent, and we must not contribute to it. But we know it's gonna happen. All of this is just the beginning of sorrows. But in this context, in this uh, context of very violent world, God's message, and, and those of us who are faithful in bringing the good news, our message to his people, his covenant people, is do not be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your seed, Notice this now. He's going to bring your seed from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So there is this sense in which God's people have been farmed out. God's covenant people have been farmed out all over the earth. And God is saying, give them back. And so when we look at uh, Judah, uh, the, the, the cities of Judah, To the north, we have Assyria. We have uh, Turkey and and Babylon uh, and Syria. To the west, we have Babylon and the Arabs. And to the south, we have North Africa, Egypt and Ethiopia and Sudan. And all of these, north, west, and south, are full of hatred and will be full of hatred to destroy these people. And then there's the coastline. That's why Isaiah keeps talking about the coastlands because on the east, you have to now now they're going to be taken captive overseas and into other lands and these other lands as well are going to be smitten with the same hatred for Judah. Look at
1: this. In the past, like many places in this Yorkshire, the England. town was very industrial. While other places were known for coal mining or steel making, Savile Town was known for wool and cotton mills. There was a working class community of English men and women working their hands to the bone to not only provide for their families, but also for the benefit of the wider society. England back then had a sense of itself, an identity. Everyone knew what England stood for and what an English person was. Now, this historic place is completely Islamized, and when I say completely, I'm not being hyperbolic, I mean it. In the 2011 census, only 48 people out of 4,033 residents were white British. I'm sure that number will be even lower today and I can't wait to see the 2021 census. The rest of the residents are Muslims. Before we take a closer look, I have a question for any liberals or multiculturalists who may just happen to be watching. I doubt it, but it could happen. Is this your idea of diversity? Is this a step in the right direction? Would you be happy to see the entirety of the UK become like Savile Town in Yorkshire? I honestly want to know, and please try and answer that question as honestly as you can. Because the things that you fight for, the politics you promote, will only lead to this, and their religion transcends spirituality. It's an all-engulfing political structure that dictates every area of day-to-day life. So it's not surprising to learn that as the Muslim population in Town has risen, the culture of the place has been completely eradicated. I quote from the article, Stand in Savile Town, as I have, and you will see scores of boys in Islamic robes walking to and from lessons at the mosque's madrasa school, where for hours at a time they wrote learn the Quran by heart. And, distressingly, every girl I saw, even those of six and seven playing in the park, was wrapped up in a hijab and shoulder to toe gown, lest a man glimpse her flesh. So that I- that I-
0: sound is working here yeah that is uh savile town and that's a town in england and uh so even the coastline so far away when when judah is taken captive and these other nations have become islamic with the the uh, al walbara the hatred of the jews uh, they're going to be captive and this is why god is saying to the north to the west to the south but also to the east and 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 the east means they they, they're uh, they're the west i should say um they're they're going off to the coastlands and that's why isaiah is constantly prophesying against the coastlands as well so these people who are gone dis- distributed to the four corners of the earth god is going to bring them back and this is what he means in matthew 24 when he says except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved this is not any this is the covenant people flesh the people who are hated the people who are being destroyed the tribe of judah no flesh would be saved but for their sake for the elect's sake the covenant people those days shall be shortened and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect that's the covenant people from the four winds that is from the north from the south from the west and from the east from one end of heaven to the other and this is a really an allusion to the prophecy in isaiah here we can read in isaiah uh, chapter 11 And beginning in verse 11, we can read here that he says, And it shall come to pass in that day, this is the end time, that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. So this is a second exodus. He did it the first time, bringing them out of Egypt, and now he's going to do it the second time, bringing them from the four corners of the earth. This is the big exodus, the second exodus, which this is why it's so clear that Even though Isaiah is prophesying of something that's going to happen in the immediate future, that is with Babylon in 150 years, the language makes it clear that the immediate future is just setting down a pattern that will ultimately be fulfilled with the return of Jesus Christ, which will be a bigger fulfillment of the prophecy. So in that day shall the Lord set his hand again the second time. So this is at the return of Christ to recover the remnant of his people which shall be left that is again except that these days be shortened no flesh would be left alive but because he's going to intervene there's going to be a remnant left where will they be left from from assyria and from egypt so assyria today if we look at the footprint of assyria today we call these lands turkey uh Bob, um iraq and Syria, so part of Turkey, part of Iraq, part of Syria. That's the old Assyrian Empire. From Egypt, that's south, so the north and the south, king of the north, king of the south. And from Pathros, Pathros is upper Egypt, that's getting very close to Judah. And from Cush, this is uh, Ethiopia, Sudan. And from Elam, this is to do with Iran. From Shinar, this is Iraq. And from Hamath, this is uh, Syria. So all of these are Muslim lands all of these muslim lands that are surrounding judah full of hatred what they consider divine and rightful hatred for these people who are cursed and who who their god has turned into apes and pigs and who need to be destroyed these are the people that are going to be and need to be enslaved and they're going to be surrounding judah and destroying judah and god is going to step in and stop it stop it and prove who the true god is and from the coastlands of the sea. So that's why he says the north, the the east, the south, but also the west and going west to to capture his people from the coastlands. So they're gonna be taken over the Mediterranean Sea and taken uh, slaves to other lands as well that will also have this hatred for them. And he shall set up an ensign or a banner or a flag for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel. So this is like a major courtroom drama. To say who are the true people of God and who is the true God. And this is what God is going to do to prove that he is the true God. And he's going to assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. These are the elect and they're going to be scattered and enslaved and destroyed and and taken captive to the four corners of the earth. Everybody's going to hate them. And yet God is going to act to gather them back and hold this courtroom drama to say who, who is the true God and who are the true covenant people. Back to Isaiah 43. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. So God has created this people for his glory. And who are we to question God? We, we all, everybody just has to get over this, including the covenant people. That these are the people that God has chosen for his glory and he will be glorified in them. And, and he's going to prove this to the whole world. And, and, and this, he, he takes this very, very seriously. He says, everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. So this is something that we, we have to understand what is what is happening here. There's a There's a major controversy in the earth when Christ returns and that's why this this movement for Islam to dominate the world and as it dominates the world it will fill the world with hatred of the Jews and then God is saying no I'm not gonna have this this is uh, I'm gonna prove who the true God is so he says here I've created him for my glory I have formed him yes I have made him bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears who are these people these are God's people He said, go and tell this people, hear you indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, but perceive not. That's why Christ said this when he came. He says his disciples are given the ability to understand the mysteries of God. But to these Jews, it has not been given. So he says, hear you indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, but perceive not. So these are the people that he's now saying, okay, now comfort them. Now Jerusalem's warfare is over. So bring them forth, the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. And this is really interesting. So he says, let all the nations be gathered together. Everybody, this is the courtroom drama. Let's, let's solve this problem once and for all. And let the people be assembled. So, so the people are the covenant people. So let's gather all the nations and then let's assemble the covenant people. Who among them can declare this? And who can show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses. Uh, so again, this is a courtroom drama. We need witnesses, okay, bring your witnesses. Because God is saying, who among them can declare this? What is going on here? But whatever is going on, it was declared previously. All of this was written down anciently and prophesied. And now it's all coming to pass. And God is putting out this challenge. Who among them can declare this? And who can show us former things? Who has writings that can say, all of this was written thousands of years ago? Let them bring forth their witnesses, that they may be justified. So there has been some horrible behavior in the earth. There has been bloodshed, there has been slaughter, and now it's time to hold court and it's time for people to be judged. So hey, if your God says that all of this is right, and you had the divine right to be doing this horrendous torture and, 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 and cruelty, let's let's hear it. Let's let's hear it. Bring forth your witnesses. Show us that you were justified. In doing all of this horrible evil and slaughter and now he says that that way you could be justified if you don't have witnesses if you if you're not able to justify your actions you are in for big big trouble with the Creator or let them hear and say it is truth so you have a choice come forward with your scriptures and show us how you predicted and your God justified all of these happenings and, and the, the demonic behavior you've been engaged in. Or shut up and listen. And hear. And then God says, you are my witnesses. These, these covenant people are God's witnesses. They're terrible witnesses. They're, they're unfaithful witnesses. And it's because of their unfaithfulness that they, in fact, are witnesses to God's faithfulness. God is the faithful witness. That's what we read in Revelation 1, that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. And because he came as the faithful Israelite, he is the kinsman redeemer, and he's making this redemption completely doable and possible. And, and that's, why, that's why we have good news for Judah. And so Judah now, are, why are they his witnesses? Because all of this was written anciently. Deuteronomy 30. Moses says, you're going to go into the land, you're going to receive these blessings, then you're going to utterly corrupt yourself and you're going to be destroyed and you're going to be scattered to the four corners of the earth. And then God is gonna have mercy on you. And despite your unfaithfulness, because of his commitment to his friend, Abraham, he's going to gather you back. So the, the presence of these people, the fact that the whole world hates them, has hated them, hates them now, will hate them, would love nothing more than to destroy them, that no flesh would be saved alive, and yet they continue to exist. And no matter what Satan does, he cannot get rid of these people. Their very presence is witness to the creator of the universe. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. These these are the people that God has chosen. And it's the creator. No one can argue with him. So these are the people he has chosen. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me. So these people have to search the scriptures and realize this is Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's our Messiah, all of this has been written anciently. So somebody has to take this gospel message to them, get them to search the scriptures and get them to come to repentance. So you're my witnesses, Your, your very existence that is ordained, that has been preordained, proves that I am God, despite all the hatred of all the nations that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. They need to come to Christ. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. This is the end of Allahu Akbar. This is the end of all this blowing up and God, my, our God is greater and we can do this, we can have our way, and they're gonna try to destroy Judah completely, but no. God is the one that, uh, that was the spanking that God brought upon his people, but he's not gonna eliminate his people. He's going to restore them, and they're going to be honored in the land. And everybody's going to acknowledge them and go to Jerusalem to keep the feast with them and to learn how to keep these holy days. And and so when he says, you are my witnesses, it's really interesting because he says, "You're, you're deaf and you're blind, but a witness needs to hear and see. And so here in Leviticus 5, it says, if a soul sin and hear the voice of swearing and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of it, If he does not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. So this is the importance of being a witness. When you see something, you have to say something. You have to say, yes, I saw this, this is what happened. And so God is saying to these people, you are my witnesses. And so in this massive courtroom drama, when God gathers all the nations, these people have to come forward and say, yes, we sinned. These people did this to us, they did this to us, they did this to us, and it's written in the scriptures. And now our savior has come and so he truly is a faithful God, because when we search the scriptures and we look at the terms and conditions of the scriptures, he, we have been unfaithful. But there was provision for that in, this, in the prophecies, and our God has been faithful. So they are their very presence witnesses to the veracity of the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 43, I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. Do not look to anyone else. Do not listen to any false preaching of any other gods. The only God is the Holy One of Israel. I have declared and have saved. So anciently, really all the way back to the Garden of Eden, but I was going to say Moses wrote it down. And God declared it. This is what's going to happen. And now he has come in and he's done it. And he has shown it. When there was no strange God among you, that is when you were true and faithful and we were just starting out together, I I told you this was gonna happen. Therefore, because of this, because it's been declared anciently and everything's happening exactly according to the scriptures, therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. So your very presence proves that I'm the creator and the whole world is gonna have to acknowledge this. We're gonna search the scriptures and see that every single thing that's happening in the earth was declared thousands of years ago by the, the only God who can bring it about. And this is when he says, um, when there was no strange God among you, this is the time, here at Deuteronomy 30, it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I've set before you, and you shall call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. And shall return unto the Lord your God so there's a return built into this so even though you're going to be blessed and then you're going to be cursed then you're going to return he's going to gather you from all the nations and you shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul so there's this profound and very deep and thorough wholesale repentance that's what's coming that then the Lord your God will turn your captivity. That's when he'll end the captivity and have compassion upon you and will return and gather you from all the nations. So this, it was written anciently where the Lord your God has scattered you. So it's God's doing. This, this rise of Islam around the world and taking over the Western nations all of a sudden, it's God's doing. And, and I'm sorry for Judah, it's gonna be horrible because this is, it was written but then God is gonna step in and reverse it. So chapters one to 39 in Isaiah are the judgment, and now 40 to 66 is how God is going to resolve everything and, and make it good news ultimately for his people. And so in this context, Christ said that this gospel, the very good news that goes all the way back to Moses, this gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom that's going to be restored to Israel shall be preached in all the world for a witness this is a courtroom drama that god is carrying out it's going to happen for a witness that's 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 why it's happening so it's not it's not that the the kingdom it's not that um it's not that the um gospel is being preached in an effort to try to convert all these nations it's just being preached to say look here's the prophecy here's what's going to happen and and when they try to say well we didn't know They can't say that they have they've committed to a course of action. They now need to justify this course of action. And there will be no justification because they cannot produce scriptures that authorize them that anciently were written to say they they can do these things. And this is what's going to happen. Nor are are they able to say, well, we didn't know. Nobody told us because the scriptures are going to be preached. And then the end shall come. So these nations are in for a terrible time with God. He says, yes. Before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. So when God puts his people to judgment, nobody can deliver out of his hand. And when he ransoms them and takes that judgment and puts it on the nations, no one can deliver the nations out of his hand. So he's the one that that does this, and no one can reverse what he's doing. I will work, and who will reverse it? So when God does what he does, no one can reverse it. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. This is so important. Isaiah is saying over and over and over. Will somebody please hear this? That God is the Holy One of Israel. He is the Redeemer. He's the kinsman Redeemer of His people. This is family. This is a family affair, and He's coming to redeem His family. For your sake, I have sent to Babylon. And again, this is, uh, you know, this the, the time that this is written. Assyria is the superpower. And Judah is worried that this superpower, the way it conquered the northern tribes, is going to come and conquer them. And Isaiah is saying, don't worry about Assyria. Babylon is going to conquer you. But then God is going to conquer Babylon and release you and return you back to the land. But all of that is just a dress rehearsal for the ultimate pattern in the end. That in the end, Babylon is going to come and crush you. Assyria is going to come and crush you. But then God is going to release you. And and that's that's when he returns. I have brought down all their nobles. So so the controversy in the in the end is with Babylon, and he's brought down all their nobles. They're going to be riding high, and the Chaldeans again. This is a, the Babylonians whose cry is in the ships. And so this is supporting what is written in Habakkuk, when Habakkuk looked at the corruption that was among uh, God's people, and said, you know, this corruption. Why is this corruption here? <clears throat> And uh, God says, and and Jose, um, Habakkuk was really troubled by the corruption of the covenant people, and said, "God, you're not doing anything about it." And God said, "Yeah, I am doing something." He says, "Behold, you among the heathen, that that the, the, what God is doing, He's raising up the heathen, and that's what we're seeing now. And regard, so and wonder marvelously. This is this is amazing. This is it's hard to digest what's going to happen. For I will work a work in your days. That's why he says up up here in here in Isaiah." that uh, he will work, I will work, and who's gonna prevent it? So I'm gonna work a work in your days, which you will not believe even if it's told you. So this is unbelievable, that God is gonna raise up the heathen to destroy his own people. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, this is the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess dwelling places, that are not theirs. So God is making it very clear that they're going to have the upper hand and they are coming and they're coming to take land and overtake land that doesn't belong to them. They're just gonna have no respect for borders and the the, uh, Marxists, the left, are are making a very dangerous mistake in, in playing along and cooperating because when we read the scriptures, the communists don't feature. So they are just instrumental in helping to tear down the borders so that the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, can walk through lands and possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Back to Isaiah. He says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, your Holy One. So God is saying, I belong to you. We're, we're in a covenant relationship. The creator of Israel, your king. So God did not create Israel in vain. And this, this name, Israel, God's name is in the people's name. And so God is saying, you carry my name, you're mine, and I'm going to look after you. Thus says the Lord, which makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. And again, we know this from the first Exodus, but this is what God is making clear, that he's the one that manages the Exodus. And, and we can see this today as we watch uh, in the southern border of the united states to see these people from honduras uh invading america there they're set to invade thousands of them and of course there's going to be good people here who just want to improve their their lot in life but that's not really a justifiable reason to go into another land illegally uh, but also amongst them it's very clear that there are jihadis amongst this crowd but the point that i want to make here is somebody has to finance this Somebody needs to feed these people, somebody needs to give them water. You can't have a caravan or an exodus like this unless somebody is supporting them. And God is saying, you're going to see exactly this for his people in the end time. All the places where they've been taken captive, God is gonna make a way for them to come back home to to the promised land, to the holy land. So he's gonna be the one that makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, like the first exodus, which brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They are extinct, they are quenched as a toe. So all the enemies will be put down. Remember you, not the former things. So God is saying, okay, again, uh, Isaiah 1 to 39, all of that judgment, all of those curses, that's all been prophesied, it all has to come to pass. And now God is saying, don't think about that anymore. Neither consider the things of the old, the, the things of old. So all those curses we see in 1 to 39, stop thinking about that now we're in a new section 40 to 66 the new testament isaiah behold i will do a new thing so god is now comfort my people he's doing a new thing now it shall spring forth and shall you not know it i will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert so god is going to support the second exodus and he's going to bring his people back away from all these curses and they're going to be honored this is the new thing The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness. So again, when you're making this kind of exodus, this kind of journey, you need water. And they're gonna come through the wilderness and God is gonna give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. They're gonna be gathered from the four corners of the earth and they're gonna be brought back to the Holy Land and they're gonna be honored and they're gonna be supported along the way. This people have I formed for myself they shall show forth my praise they are his witnesses so everything that happens to them when we reconcile it to the scriptures how mighty is God how how awesome is this God when he speaks he does not speak in vain everything that he says comes to pass so these people will show forth his praise And this is exactly what they were designed for. That's how it all began in Exodus with Moses. He says, if you'll obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me, above all people, for all the earth is mine. So this is is what's so frustrating for everybody. How can God have a people that he raises above everybody else? To human beings, this is a hateful thing. This is unfair, this is not right. And so there's this despising. Who are these people to say that they're so special? We must destroy them. And God is saying, you cannot destroy them. I'm going to use you to punish them. But then they are going to sit above all people of the earth. The whole earth is going to look to these people and say, God is with you. Teach us the way of God. And and these people are going to have spiritual priests and kings over them. And this is the first fruits harvest. So the first fruits harvest is going to be governing the affairs of the earth, helping the earth to come into the family of God, but first it all has to happen on a human level. And it's gonna happen on a human level with a people, physical people that have been severely punished, but then are being honored and are going to sit above. And this will become increasingly clear as we work our way through Isaiah. For all the earth is mine. And this again, so it's not just in Exodus, it's in Deuteronomy. You, you have said the Lord this day to be your, you, you have to the Lord this day to be your God. So this is a, a, a commitment that they've made. So they've said this, they've, they've um, uh, vowed. So they have vowed that the Lord this day is their God and to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and to hearken unto his voice. So this is what's going to make them a peculiar people. And the Lord has vowed to you, he's, he's made a vow to you this day to be his peculiar people. So they broke the vow, but God didn't. And he's going to make sure that they're his peculiar people. As he has promised you, and that you should keep all his commandments. And that's why the new covenant is so important, because he's going to put his spirit in their heart so that they can keep his commandments. And what we're going through now as Christians with the Holy Spirit and overcoming, that's the struggle that they'll be going through. And, and, and having, having a love for God's law and keeping it so that they can lead the other nations. And to make you high above, there it is. I, I'm sorry, Gentiles, but this is God's plan. This is, this is how God has orchestrated salvation, to make this people high above all nations, which he has made in praise and in name and in honor. He's going to honor these people. This is his word. And, and everyone's just gonna be blown away when all of this was declared thousands of years ago. And it's happening exactly as God said. And that you may be a holy people unto the Lord your God, as he has spoken. That's the process. Now, that's the process these people are going to be a holy people. They're going to lead the other nations. Ultimately, all these people are going to be born into the God family. And that's what we call the fall harvest. But prior to all of that, there's a first fruits harvest. And God does all of this early with a peculiar set of people that are born early into the God family and then help with this fall harvest. So this, this is an early calling to help with the fall harvest. And that's what Peter means when he says, But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that's judah judah means to praise god show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so these are the now the true spiritual jews who are brought into this covenant whether jew or gentile brought into this covenant with the holy spirit and we are this first fruits harvest that are gonna help God with the fall harvest. And all of this is happening on, on, on multiple levels. It really is um, something that we, we just have to understand the mind of God. And I don't know, some of you may, like me, when I was a child, uh, might've been Star Trek fans, but this idea of multi-level chess. So there's things happening on a first fruits level, Uh, on the God plane level and then there's things happening on a human level and within the human level there's a a set of people that are above the other human beings and we need to put all the scriptures together to understand this multi-layer strategy that God has in mind to save mankind so he goes on to say call us out of darkness into his marvelous light back to Isaiah as we just wrap up 43 but you have not called upon me O Jacob so this is these people who are called by God God is saying, you, you've been very rebellious. You have not called. These are his children. These are his people. And he's saying to, to these people, but you have not called upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. So again, that Jacob-Israel pattern. And, and look what God is saying. I've done all of this for you, but you've hated me. You, you've like, oh, uh, we hate being the people of God. Why did God choose us? We're weary of, of the God of Israel. You have not brought me the small cattle of your burnt offerings. Neither have you honored me with your sacrifices. So God has done everything for this people, and they're spoiled rotten. These are the people that God has ordained to be the head nation of the earth. And they are uncooperative. They hate him. They they despise him. Just mention Jesus Christ and see the response that you get. And God is saying, you've not honored me with your sacrifices. I have not caused you to serve with an offering nor wearied you with incense. So they've wearied God, but God has not wearied them. He says, You have brought me no sweet cane with money, so they haven't brought the finer offerings. Neither have you filled me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have made me to serve with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. And this is the relationship of God's chosen people with God, that, that the relationship is broken down. And God is looking at it, and despite the fact that they have not fulfilled their part of the covenant, because of his promise to Abraham, he is fulfilling his covenant with them, and he's going to honor them. And this is this is what makes it so wonderful. This is why they're his witnesses. He says, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions. From, this is very, very different. So either we believe in this uh, ideology that's spreading all over the earth, that says that God hates the Jews, He despises them because they broke the Sabbath, and He's turned them into apes and pigs. And our job is to destroy them, or we believe Isaiah and all the prophets, the real prophets, who say these people are they, they, it, breaking the Sabbath. Is the least of what they've done. They have broken every law. They have they have wearied the Holy One of Israel, and yet. God is going to blot out all their transgressions for his own sake because they carry his name, Israel, Judah. They carry his name. And so he's not going to remember their sins. So who do we believe? These are two very different uh, outcomes. And the God of Israel is saying, watch me. Bring forward your strong arguments. Let's go toe to toe. Let me see what you can do. Let's hear what you have to say and let's see how you bring it to pass. And then watch me no one can reverse what I have written anciently and what I'm going to do. And there's two parts to what I do. There's going to be a punishment phase and then there's going to be a redemption phase. And then in that redemption phase, the other nations are going to be punished and no one can stop me. So we just have to see who, who, which one is true. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. You declare that you may be justified. So this is a real controversy that god has with his people and with the nations your first father has sinned i think this is a reference to jacob he, that's why that's why keep saying jacob israel jacob israel your first father has sinned and your teachers have transgressed against me we only need to read the new testament to see that the conflict that christ had with the rabbis to see just how these teachers were terrible and self-righteous therefore I have profaned your. I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary, and have given Jacob to the curse, and Israel to reproaches. So, this, this God is doing this because He's a God of His word, and when we look at Deuteronomy and we look at the terms and conditions of Deuteronomy, this is what God is carrying out, and we see all of that in chapters one to thirty-nine of Isaiah. But now, this is the end of chapter forty-three. We'll just take the first two verses of forty-four, so we don't end here. He says, you've profaned. Therefore, he's profaned the princes of the sanctuary. He's bringing the leaders down. And he's given Jacob to the curse. And Israel, too, reproaches. So all, not just Judah, but all the Israelite nations are going to be cursed. And God has given them over. And that's what's happening. That's what we see happening in England. You wait to see what happens to England. You wait to see what happens to Canada, to America, to all these Western nations. God has given them over. But he doesn't end there he says yet now hear, o jacob my servant these are the people that god has chosen and israel whom i have chosen so not just judah now all of israel o jacob my servant i've selected you i've chosen you thus says the lord that made you and formed you from the womb which will help you fear not o jacob my servant and jeserun this is another word for israel whom i have chosen so, this is just an amazing, amazing prophecy. And as we work through Isaiah, it's all going to become much, much clearer. But this is what's happening. And it's all to do with what was prophesied anciently to do with the covenant that God has made with his people. And how what makes God God is his word is so powerful. It's a performative word that he speaks and creates everything with his word. And he never goes back on his word. And when he enters into a covenant, he never goes back on it, he never lies. He never abrogates, he never changes his mind. He says, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is the God. And, and the very existence of Judah and the very existence of Israel, these are the witnesses. This, this is the, the, their existence is proof that the God of the universe is the Holy One of Israel. So we'll stop there and what I'll do now, just I, I wouldn't mind just taking a few moments. I hope uh, Pastor Murray's still there and I hope the technology is gonna work here but I think what I'll do is try to uh, bring him in and um, then he can, uh, what we'll do is just answer some questions of, you know, how how is all of this sitting? Is this resonating? Is this making sense? And uh, hopefully it is, and we'll monitor uh, the um, chat and we'll monitor as well the um, Facebook session. So let me see if I can get, Customer Murray in as well. He might be just on the delay. I'm not able to get him. Again, we just had some uh, technical problems. So that might be the reason why. So I think what we'll do is just, um, he's waiting. Okay, let's see here. What is, okay, let's see. So he is waiting. Um, maybe what I have to do is see if I can shut this down. We're almost there. Just uh, beg your patience, brethren, as we sort through this. I think he's going to come on now. So think about any questions that you might have and uh, post them. And if we can, I'll get uh, Pastor Murray on here live. And we'll just see here, I'll give it another minute. No, I don't think it's going to work this evening. Again, we just upgraded the software, we upgraded the operating system, and we had to upgrade the application as well. And so things are just a little bit uh, strange this week. I do want to uh, just remind everybody, or I, I, actually I didn't say it, just with the um, the the quick start, the, the rocky start that we have, that next week I'll be traveling, so there won't be any Bible study next week. Uh, Bible study will resume the following week, and that's going to be November 14th, and God willing, get into isaiah chapter 44 then and um, we'll just go to the chat the way we regularly do there and uh, i'll try and monitor the the facebook i don't usually do the facebook after but uh, because i mentioned that already Uh, and then hopefully we'll get this um, ability to bring pastor murray in working for the next session so thanks so much that was isaiah 43 Think about your questions as we go along and we will uh, have a session where we can answer live and talk and just really try to understand what is it that the prophet prophet isaiah uh, has been trying to say for say to us and to the people of god these thousands of years what a great god we serve what a powerful mighty god we serve he proves his power through his word let's take his word seriously jesus christ is king amen